All right, special treat for you guys tonight. We've been in a series called Still Loading. And to close this series out, it's a guy I trust, a preacher I love, and a man of God that I believe in, man. All the way from Birmingham, he drove through the rain and the cold uh, and everything that happened on the road to get here because he believes in what we're doing. This is a man that believes in the next generation. Um, he is, is a guy who built a conference from the ground up, a conference that's changing Birmingham. And you need to know that tonight a word is about to hit you. And look, look, just, just so you know, y'all get ready because y'all think I bring it. But let me tell this guy can sling it, okay? He's getting ready to preach. Uh, I teach. He's about to preach, okay? So, okay, don't get that excited. I'm just kidding, but this is a man, a guy who I believe in. I can't wait for him to share the word tonight. So y'all get up on your feet. Uh, let's welcome to the platform, Ryan Allen. Come on. Yo, 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 what's up? What's good? Y'all doing all right? Come on. Y'all can sit down. Thank y'all. Y'all so sweet. Y'all doing all right, though? Y'all good? Jared is right. Uh, I am not a teacher. I am a preacher by, na by nature. And so uh, if you can, uh, it's about to go down. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about to go down. <laughs> Well, hey, man, uh, my name is Ryan. Uh, not that my name needs to be known at all, but I am super excited to be here uh, with you guys. And I brought somebody with me. I brought my wife, Carly. Everybody say, what's up, Carly? I call her my white chocolate. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and uh, we're excited to be here. Hey, man, before we jump in, uh, one thing, let me do one thing before I do that. Uh, I just want to give honor um, to your pastors, um, and that is Jared and his wife. Can we give it up for them? They are absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good night, but I'm, I'm really, really, really uh, excited to be here, and I'm really thankful for those guys. Those guys are phenomenal leaders um, and phenomenal people. And so, uh, guys, thank you so much for having me, and uh, let's get into this thing today. Y'all ready? Cool, cool, cool. Well, if you got your copy of God's Word, turn to me to the book of Genesis. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 42, verses 33 through 36. Genesis chapter 42, verses 33 through 36. Today, I really just want to give you some encouragement um, as we end this series some encouragement just to let you know that God has not just left you in the process, but he has a purpose. He also has a purpose for you in general. And I know he has a purpose because I eavesdropped on the conversation that God had with Jeremiah. And he told Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. That scripture really is for anybody who thinks you're an accident. Baby, you're not an accident. God preordained you from this earth to do a mighty work. And so tonight, what I want to do is just encourage you to not quit in the middle of the process. Let's do this. If you got it, say yeah, yeah. If you don't, say hold up. All right, everybody got it. Thank you, boo-boo. Verse 33 through 36, it reads, The man who was lord of the country said this to us. This is how I would know if you are being honest. Leave one brother here with me and take food to relieve the hunger of your households and go. 
Bring back your younger brother to me, and I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will then give you your brother back to you, and you can trade in this country. As they began emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his bag of money. When they and their father saw these bags of money, they were afraid. Their father Jacob said to them, you have deprived me of my sons. Joseph is not. Simeon is not. And now you seek to take Benjamin away from me. All these things are against me. And if I can hone in on a little phrase tonight, it would be that very phrase. All these things are against me. This is the word of the Lord. And before considering it, we should pray. So let's pray really quick. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and your kindness. And Father, in this moment, we pray that you would speak. We pray that you would speak to our souls, that you would speak to our hearts. And Father, I pray that as I present the word, that it will not be my words, but it will be your words, and I would hide behind the cross. But God, your people, your servants, your children are listening to what you have to say. So God, move in this place like only you can. Holy Spirit, you are the one that penned the words to these pages, so we ask that you be our interpreter and our guide tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Well, in order to understand this story, or in order to understand Jacob in this particular time, we have to rewind his story and try to figure out what is going on. Because many of us might be sitting here saying, man, Jacob, why are you tripping right now? Why do you feel as though all these things are against you? But if we are to rewind the story, we would see Jacob in his mother's womb, fighting with his brother Esau in the womb, wrestling with his brother, trying to be the firstborn to get the birthright. From Jacob's beginning, we see Jacob wrestling and fighting in his life. If we are to fast forward the story, we would see Jacob as a handsome young man. And he sees this fine young thing. And he goes up to him. He's like, hey, girl, what your name is? And she was like, hold up, hold up. You can't talk to me until you talk to my daddy. Hold up up in here. So he begins to talk to the father. And he says, hey, man, listen, uh, I would love to pursue your daughter in marriage. He says, okay, cool. This is what I want you to do. I want you to work for me for seven years then you can have my daughter. Jacob says, okay, cool. So he begins to work for this man for seven years. Seven years go by and the wedding day comes and he finally unveils his bride only to see that this is not the girl that he wanted. So he goes back to the father and he's like, hey man, you tripping, this ain't the girl that I asked for. And he says, okay, listen, I, I understand, but here's the plan. What I would like you to do is work for me for seven more years. Then you can have your girl. I don't know about y'all, but I would be like, hey, bro, you tripping, tripping. You are crazy. There are way more fish in the sea. That's the NIV version, the Negro International version. Like, there's way more fish in the sea. But instead, Jacob begins to work. He works seven more years. 
14 years go by and he finally gets the love of his life. He finally gets the girl of his dreams. He finally gets the family that he wanted. But then she dies. And what do you do when God allows things to die in your life? What do you do when God allows things to happen in your life that just doesn't make sense? On top of that, his daughter gets raped. His sons bring down an entire nation with their wicked demeanor. A famine hits the land, life savings gone. And now he sends his sons down to Egypt to go get food for the family. So his sons go down to Egypt and they get food for the family only to see that the brother that they sold into slavery is now king over everything. When they get there, they don't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognizes them. And Joseph, in his heart and in his mind, begins to say, I wonder if they're the same people that they used to be. So I'm going to see if they are. He goes and he goes out there and he says, hey, I think you're spies. I think you're spies. They say, hey, man, we're not spies. We're just trying to get food for our family. That's all we want to do. No, I, I, I think you're spies. No, sir, we're not. Well, here's the plan. Leave one brother here with me and then go get this younger brother that you so-called say you have. Bring him back to me and then you can trade in this country. They say, okay, and they go back to their father, Jacob. And when their father, Jacob, hears this, he just begins to break down because after everything that has happened in his life, this seems to just be too much. You have deprived me of my sons. Joseph is not. Simeon is not. And now you seek to take Benjamin away from me. All these things are against me. And I wonder here today if there's anybody that might feel as though all these things are against me. The student loans, they're, they're against me. The divorce is it's against me. The financial situation, I, I can't quite, I can't get over it. It's against me. The depression that I feel at night and everybody else think I'm cool. But when I get alone in my bedroom at night, I cry myself to sleep. All these things are against me. And I feel like I'm getting ready to die in the middle passage. All these things are against me. But, but the Bible says, I'm not talking about what, how you feel. I'm not talking about what it looks like. But the Bible says that all things work together. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Every misuse, every abuse, every evil thing. God says I have a way of working that thing out and making it all work together for the good of those that love the Lord. This is why Galatians 6, 9 says don't get weary and well-doing because in due season you'll reap a harvest if you do not quit. Don't quit and die out in the middle passage. Don't quit and stop 
stop praising. Don't quit and stop worshiping. Don't quit and stop praying. Matter of fact, pray, pray through everything that you go through because as you begin to praise God, as you begin to worship God, you begin to see your God get bigger and your problems get smaller. Is this not the same God that was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is this not the same God that was with Noah in the flood? Is this not the same God that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And let's just talk about their situation for a minute. It really would have been cool if God would have went ahead of them and thrown water on the fiery furnace. But instead, God didn't go ahead of them. He went in with them. Could it be that God's not trying to jump in the middle of your mess? Or God's not trying to jump in the front of your mess, but he's trying to jump in the middle of your mess so that when you get out of your mess, you can say, baby, if it had not been for the grace of God that was on my side, I don't know where I would be. Whoever you are, do not quit. Because what Jacob did not know is that Joseph was not gone. Simeon was coming back. And Benjamin was on his way back home if he did not quit. For some of us, when we get in the process of life and when things happen in the process of life, we want to give up and quit and throw in the towel. But my friend, God's desire for me and for you is for us not to quit and to keep loading and to keep going through the process and to keep going through whatever he is having us going through. So I got three points for you and I'm done. And my first point is this, is trust God in the process. Trust God in the process. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust God in the process. Could I have a volunteer really quick? Anybody want to volunteer? Come on, my man. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Trust God in the process. I'm going to give you this, my man. I'm going to give you my phone. Put that behind your back. And I'm going to grab this bottle of water. Uh, this bottle of water represents something that we hold true and dear to our hearts. Because as we go through life, what God tries to get us to do, what he tries to get us to do is trust him with everything that we have. Uh, and this bottle of water just may represent something in our life that was good for a season. Uh, it was really good for a season. It, it worked out for us. And for some of us, this might not even be something that is for a season. For some of us, this might be a relationship or this might be whatever, it, whatever you can imagine. And it's near and it's dear to your heart. And what God does when he tries to get his children to trust in him, what God does is he says, okay, I want what's in your hand. I want you to give me what's in your hand. But too many of us, before we give God what's in our hands, we try to look behind his back and see what's behind his back. But God can never give us what's behind his back until we give him what's in our hands. And what's behind God's back is always better than what's in our hands. But what we have to do is trust God enough to give him what's in our hands. But some of us, we're too busy looking to trying to figure out what's behind your back, God. And God says, I can't reveal it to you until you give me what's in your hands. And for some of us, this isn't even the problem. For some of us, we can give God what's in our hands, but we disqualify ourselves from the blessing that he's about to give us because we don't wait in the process 
of life. We give God what's in our hands, especially seasoned saints. Y'all been doing this for a long time. We give God what's in our hands, and we say, okay, God, where my blessing at? Where my husband at, God? I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And you disqualify yourself because God is waiting for you to be a willing servant to say, God, I will obey you no matter what. And I'll put a rag on top of my arm and I'll say, God, no matter what you want to do, I'm here for it. God, even if I gave you what's in my hand and it wasn't for me, it was for my grandkids two generations down, God, I'll wait here for you. I'll wait and do whatever, that you, whatever it is that you've called me to do, I'll wait. And what I don't want people to do is disqualify themselves because they're too busy running their mouths. God still ain't did it yet. God still, my husband's still acting like this. I can't believe that this is going on in my life. And God is saying, if you would just wait on me in the process, I promise you I'm building something because what's behind my back is better than what you gave me in your hand. And so what I'm trying to do is show you how to trust me in the process. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Trust me in the process. Trust me that no matter what you go through, no matter what I put you through, that you trust me in the middle of it. But too many of us, we don't trust God. I, I love this still loading. And I, sometimes I wish it said something different. I, I wish we would be still while God is trying to load something inside of us. Because for many of us, we don't sit still as we're going through the process for God to load up on the inside of us whatever it is that he wants to load up on the inside of us so we act on something too soon because we were going on our own time and not God's time and not trusting in him. Trust God with all of your heart, all of your decision, all of your might, and he will direct your path. Number two, what I want you to do is what I, in the middle of the process, in the middle of you feeling like God has forgotten about you, no matter what you're going through, step by step by step, what I want you to remember is that God has not forgotten about you. As you're going through the process of life, as you're going through exams, as you're going through whatever it is that you're going through, remember that God has not forgotten about you. David said, I've been young and I've been old, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. And I love that scripture because what that scripture implies is that I've been 12 and I've been 67, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I've been 14 and I've been 52, but yet never have I seen the righteous Righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. God himself has not forgotten about you no matter where you are. God has not forgotten about you in the middle of the process. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's going on in your house. He was with you in the car when you was driving down the road saying, God, if you don't hook me up, I don't know what I can do. He was with you when you had tears running down your eyes saying, God, I need you to help me. Well, no matter what you're going through, remember that God has has not forgotten about you in the process of life. We can forget how big our God is, how strong our God is, how awesome our God is when we face the trials and the tribulations of this life. But what God does 
with the trials and the tribulations that we face is that he uses that pressure to put you in his gym so that he can work you out. And as God works you out, he doesn't work you out for you. He works you out so that when you get built up, you can go out into the world and pick somebody else's weight up. That you can go out into the world and help somebody else out with their weight. Guys, God has not forgotten about you. It is a process. It's a process. Everything that we go through is a process. Remember, he hasn't forgotten about you. And my last thing is this, is that all God's promises are yes and amen. All God's promises are yes and amen. In order for you to get the promise, in order for you to dwell in the palace, you have to go through a process. There's always a process before the palace. There's always a process before the promise. God's promise are yes, promises are yes and amen. The reason why that's so important is because God has spoken over you so many things. Maybe in your own prayer time or maybe just in his word in general. But as we go through the process of life and as we think that God has forgotten about us for some reason. We forget about his promises. But baby, if God has given you a promise, you better bank on it. If God has given you a promise, you better bank on it because all of his promises are yes and amen. God has never, never, ever not come through on his promises to his children. And he loves you. But I think we forget that God and his promises, I think we forget that he'll come through because we don't know how great our God is. God, the God that stood on the mountain and in the body of his clearness, they looked through him and seen creation. God, the God that withholds all things by the words of his power. God, the God that told the son, stay where I put you and the son can't move because his word is still holding it up. God, we don't know God, but I do know this one thing about him is that if he's given you a promise, you better dwell on that promise and know that it's coming to pass. It's all a process. I know you want to quit. I know you want to give up. I know when you get up from your prayer, she's still thick. Be real. I know when you get up, you still don't have a hubby. I know when you get up, you still feel depressed. I know when you get up, you still feel like you can't make it. But I promise you that all of his promises are yes and amen. And that he has not forgotten about you. And if you trust him in the process, he promises that he'll turn everything around for his good and for his glory. But let him put you in the gym and let him build you. Because if he builds you, I promise you that you won't regret it. Because you're going to come by and you're going to help everybody else with their weight. And you're going to say, hey man, I've been there before too. Come here. Isn't that what view is all about? 
to help people see different views of life, to help people see the creator in a different light. My friends, we cannot die out in the middle of the process because there's people in the middle of their process waiting for you to live out your purpose. So remember that as you're going through this process of life, remember that as you're trying to figure out what God is going to do in your life and your purpose and your plans and what's going on, to count it all joy as you go through it because he's building you and he's showing you things, showing you things that you never thought that you can endure, but you can. The band can come up and I'll pray. But remember, once again, trust God. Remember, he hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't. And since he hasn't forgotten about you, all of his promises are yes and amen. Father, we come to you. Although we don't have all the right words, we don't, we don't have anything to give. But God, you said you're close and you're near to the brokenhearted. So, Father, right now, I just, I come to you and I lift my brothers and sisters up who might want to quit, who might want to give up in the middle passage, who might not want to keep going. But, Father, I pray that you would give them some encouragement to keep fighting, to keep going, to keep knowing that you are God and God on the throne. And you can do anything. You're such a big God. You're such a gracious God. You're such an awesome God. And you can do anything. So, Father, right now, I lift up my brothers and sisters. Lord, be with them. Walk with them as they go through this process. And, Lord, let them take other people with them. Lord, we thank you. We love you, and we appreciate what you're doing in the hearts of many. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.